I just sang it even <clears throat> in death's cold wave, I will not flee. We had a, a brother go home to be with the Lord a week or two ago, and uh, doctors were talking out loud, which he was in the room with them and heard them. He said, take this stuff off of me. They had my life support. He communicated. He said, I'll go home. Lord will take me home. Let him take me home. Don't. <laughs> I'm ready. I won't turn away from it. He leadeth me. Uh, be turned to First Samuel. Well, we'll turn to Mark, Mark two first. Mark chapter two. Following services, um, Mike and Karen have been kind to invite everybody over for a pool party, but we'll we'll hang out here and visit for a little bit and give them time to get set up, and then we'll trickle over. And if anybody needs a direction or something, I'll be glad to tell you. You can follow me. I'm thankful for that. Uh, Mark two. This all started, I was studying Psalm 52. And David wrote that after Doeg had, had been witness to him eating a showbread in the temple and Ahimelech. And David didn't say nothing to Ahimelech. And that way he had uh, plausible deniability, we call it. He was looking out for God's preacher and said, I don't want him having to deal with Saul and I just won't say nothing to him. And, but <clears throat> he saw all that stuff happen in the, in the temple or the tabernacle and Ahimelech feeding David and that ended up being that uh, Saul said, I want them mocked off the face of the earth. There's 85 priests down there. Go kill them. And even the servants of Saul had just enough common respect. And they said, I, no, I ain't doing that. <laughs> That's the Lord's priests. He said, touch not mine anointing. I don't want nothing. I want no part in that. Going against God's man. They had some sins. But Doeg, he said, I'll do it. And he went and he slew 85 priests and then he went and slew their wives and then he went and slew their children because he was the head shepherd and he was moving up the corporate ladder. And he said, I'll do anything I can to, to get a leg up. And he did it. But those people had fled. And after that, David got word of it and they said he departed thence. He went to the cave of Adullam and his brethren and his father's house, they heard it. They got word of all these things that happened and they went down to him. And David said, everyone that was distressed or they were in debt or everyone that was discontented, they gathered themselves unto him, unto David, in this cave, in this rock. And he became captain over them. And there were about 400 men. What a picture that was after something, what we seem is terrible, isn't it? What a picture of Christ that is. If you're in debt, if you're distressed, if you're discontented, come to him. He's the captain of our salvation. Isn't he? After that, David wrote Psalm 52. But the cause of that was David getting the showbread. And I, I kept reading back a little bit in 1 Samuel 22, and then I read back a little bit in 1 Samuel 21. And uh, I, it, it was just so plain and clear. And I know you probably heard 15 messages out of that, and I have. And every time I hear it, it's sweet. And I, I told Karen, I said, this is preaching itself. I just looked, so that's what that says. <laughs> We rejoice in it, and we go to the next thing it says. And I, it was just precious to me. And uh, I hope for the Lord's people to be precious to them too. I thought, I think it will be. But the Lord mentions this in three of the four Gospels. It's recorded. And so here, Mark 2, verse 23. Mark 2, 23. And it came to pass that, when, that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. And his disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. 
They was walking through there. It was a Sabbath. They was heading to the, uh, the temple, and they'd just grab an ear of corn, rub their hand, get the husks off, and they'd eat the corn. They was hungry. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Why are they doing these? these they're breaking the Sabbath. What are they doing? Why are they taking people's ears of corn and eating them? What's wrong with them? And the Lord said unto them, verse 25, Have ye never read that what David did? You people that profess the scriptures. I've been in the word for a thousand years. He said, don't you know? You're, you, you say you're masters of Israel. Don't you know what, he, what it says? Ain't you never read that David did when he had need? He was hungry. He and they that were with him. Not just him, his men that was with him. How he went into the house of God in the days of Abathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests. There's so many things that mankind says, that's wrong, you broke the law. A, a, a prostitute lied to a government official. And the Lord said, you see the faith of Rahab? Maybe we ain't got a good handle on how God sees things. And maybe we ought to bow to what he said. Don't you read what he says? Which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests. And gave also to them which were with him. Boy, out there's a ticket. Nobody but priests can eat this. David ate it. And those with him. We'll see it in a minute. And he said unto him, this solves all this. There's people that argue these things and they get on the internet machine and they type to their little fingers bleed, going back and forth. I wish I'd knock that junk off. This is simple. And he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Lord made the Sabbath. I did this on purpose. You need a day of rest. Go sit down. Think about the Lord for a day. Don't do nothing. I did this for you. Why? Well, one, for our bodies. That's good. Put in six hard days. Sit down and think about the Lord for a day. But, therefore, the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. That's to show us he's our rest. He's our Sabbath. We got to keep a day? No, keep Christ. <laughs> Look to him. Focus on him. Rest in him. You can do that sitting on the couch. You can do that weed eating. It don't make a difference. Do what you want. Go out and barbecue. I don't care. We'll have a pool party today. It's wonderful. <laughs> swim, swim till your heart's content. Look in him. Rest in him. Now turn back to 1 Samuel 21. The Lord mentions this, and three times it's recorded in four of the Gospels. Uh, but this isn't just David did something wrong, and because he's God's child, it don't count to him. And so you can go do what you want. That's ridiculous. Uh, that's a license to sin, as foolishness. God forbid. That's not what this is. This is a picture of our Lord saving his people. We're giving this in 1 Samuel 21. We're giving this picture here of David eating this showbread and going in and getting it for his people. Not just that David went and got it. He had a meal. This shows us. This is a, a picture of Christ giving life to his people, providing for his people and who he is. And it's right. <laughs> this is right. It's right. And in doing so, David eats that. The Lord said it's unlawful, so this is only for the priest. You know, David was king, right? He was God's anointed king. And David was a prophet. He, he wrote the Psalms. He was a sweet psalmist of Israel. And you know, David was a priest. 
He ate the show bread and didn't die. And then later on, he takes that ephod and puts it on. He says, give that to me. He said, I'm going to get a word from the Lord. And the Lord didn't kill him. And there's a greater David that's coming. That's who it's pointing to. This ain't just a story about our great-grandpa David going and doing something. And that made him eating that, being it's unlawful for anybody but priest to eat it. David ate it, and he's right. And the men with him. Well, okay, now David now David was the king. Now, now David was the prophet. Now, now, okay, well, David ate the showbread, and he wore the effort and all that thing. Well, what, them men with him didn't. They're just soldiers. They're just grunts. <laughs> What's this picture? Our Lord said in Revelation 1, He hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. He's made us priests, made us kings. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. He's done this. David left some of his men outside this tabernacle. He had the men with him. They didn't go in with him. And he went in to get some showbread, to get some bread for them to eat because they're hungry and they needed sustainment. They need something to keep them alive. And it says in 1 Samuel 21, verse 1, Then came David to Nob, that was the city, to Ahimelech the priest. Nob's where the tabernacle was moved to. Saul had it moved there. And David went there to Ahimelech. But the Lord said in Mark 2 it was Abathar, didn't he? He said the high priest was Abathar. Well, here it says it was Ahimelech. This is beautiful. This is beautiful. Abathar was the son of Ahimelech. And Ahimelech soon is going to be killed, and his son's going to escape wrath. His son's going to escape death. And many times throughout the scriptures, if the if a father and son were both servants of the Lord, they were both priests, they were intertwined. We looked at that last hour, didn't we? They were knit together, and they were spoken of basically as one. The father's one with the son, and the son's one with the father. You see that? And because Christ died and we were, he's our surety, we're intertwined with him, we went free, and we became priests of God and I thought too just just practically just practically when there's a father and son that preaches the truth they're basically one I could have Marvin come up here and preach or I could have Gabe come up here and preach what's the difference the message is the same isn't it? <laughs> which one I don't care who y'all sort that out between yourselves somebody's going to get up and preach I'll take one or the other wouldn't matter which one. It'd be the same word from God, wouldn't it? It says, And David came to Nob to Ahimelech, the priest, and Ahimelech was afraid at the meeting of David. He was afraid. He got nervous and said unto him, Why art thou alone? And no man with thee. Ahimelech knew that David was God's anointed king. He knew this. And he was afraid. That means careful. He was trembling at the presence of God's king. Saul may say that he's the boss. This is the boss. This is the king. This is God's king. And he knew it. Didn't he? And he, was, he feared him. Many times we're told to fear God throughout the scriptures and told to fear the king. Fear the king. Solomon wrote that in Proverbs 24. He said, My son, fear thou the Lord and the king. And the king. Does that mean we respect those that are in power over us, our president, and pray for them, and our governors, that like them or not, <laughs> that's who God gave us, and local officials and police officers? Absolutely it does. Romans is plain on that. Isn't it? Paul didn't mention no words. And he said, they don't bear the sword in vain. 
Tell them, tell them you, you don't have to roll that window down. I don't have to show you my license. You might get tased, and you got it coming. That's just carnally. Those that know God, everyone that fears God, they know who the king is because God's made king. That's God's king. It's Jesus Christ our Lord, and we fear him, we honor him, don't we? It said in Psalm 2, I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. You know that, and I know that. He's taught us that, hasn't he? And that fear starts at trembling. starts being afraid, scared to death. That's the beginning of saving wisdom. When this ain't just a cold, dead fact that you happen to land on the right one, and you start seeing Christ the King, that's Lord start working somebody. When our mouths start getting shut up, and we stop telling everything we know and all the facts we've learned, and through our diligent study, God might be saving somebody. Huh? We fear the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he asked there, he was afraid, and he said, ask David why I was alone. Why are you alone? What are you doing here? <laughs> Caught him up. He's probably busy working, getting the place ready for some sacrifices or preparing a message or whatever. And David walked right up to that tabernacle. And David walked right inside of that ta tabernacle. And David walked right up to that high priest. Looked him dead in the eye alone. Nobody was with him. Look at verse 2. And David said unto Ahimelech, the priest, The king hath commanded me a business. And hath said unto me, Let no man know anything of the business whereabout I send thee, and what I have commanded thee, and I have appointed my servants to such and such a place. The king's commanded me. The Lord Jesus Christ came to this earth, sent on business, didn't he? Said he's commanded me a business. When he was young, 12 years old, coming back, they went up to worship and his parents lost him. For a day or two and went back <laughs> found him so what are you doing he said why is it you sought me he said wist not you know, don't you know that I must be about my father's business I'm on the father's business I'm on the king's business and that business what was it to save his people what business was David there for keep his men from starving to death they needed something to sustain them. they need life what was Christ's business to save a people Glorify the Father, saving a people, provide life for them. And he did all of that alone. Alone. Mankind will cling to any sense of, of glory that we can get our hands on. Uh, whether, whether it's in war, if we wasn't a general, we knew one. Uh, I met the president. You met the president. I met the first lady. She's real nice. And if, if, if I can squeeze that into a conversation, I'm going to plug it. Because we're looking out for number one. Ain't we? If, if mankind had anything to do with salvation, we'd plug it. We'd exalt ourselves. Well, I chose, I decided, I picked, I, I discerned, I did something. It didn't happen. Not in true salvation. Not in salvation of God saving his people. He did it alone. He went in to get that life, the bread of life, alone. <laughs> the bread of life went to give us bread of life alone. Alone, just like in the last hour. Benjamin wasn't there. This is between the father and the son. He said, I've trodden the wine press alone, and of the people there was none with me. We were in him. We weren't doing anything. He did that alone, didn't he? No one was at Calvary with him. 
He hung on that cross alone, and he went into that holy of holies and sprinkled his blood on that mercy seat alone. No one was with him. There in Hebrews 1, it said, He had by himself purged our sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. By himself. Well, that gives all the glory to God. Amen. And that was hidden. He said, don't tell nobody about it. He said, the king told me not to tell nobody, and you don't tell nobody. To Ahimelech. That was hidden for many. It wasn't common knowledge, but it was revealed unto his servants. You know, those men waiting outside, David told them what he's doing. They may not have understood. They may have just been poor dumb folks like me. And he said, I'm going to go in there. You need this. Just sit down. <laughs> Rest. I'll be back in a little bit, and you'll live. He told them, didn't he? That, that mystery has been revealed to some people, to his servants. That's what Paul wrote about Ephesians 3. He said, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. He revealed this to me, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it's now revealed unto the holy apostles and the prophets by the Spirit, by the priests, to you, you that's been made priests and kings. The Lord revealed this. He said what he was doing. He showed us that. David's hungry, and his men are hungry. There in verse 3, it says, Now therefore, what is under thy hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, of what there is present. I want five loaves of bread. Give it to me. Or however much you got. That's important. He didn't request five loaves of bread. He didn't say, Ahimelech, if you pretty well please, would you please give me a couple loaves of bread? He said, give me in my hand. That's God's king standing in front of Ahimelech. But David pictures, pictures that one that's the greater David. Greater than David. David's not a Levite. He's of the tribe of Judah, isn't he? Christ is that king. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he commands things. He doesn't ask and you have first right of refusal. He commands. Remember looking there in John 4 at that woman at the well, that Samarian, she was there. And the Lord came to her and, and he said, give me to drink. That's a command. He's telling her, give me to drink. Give me a drink. He didn't ask her for water. He said, it'd be real nice if you give me a cup of water. You mind sharing? Could I get half? And then drank it all and said, my half was on the bottom. <laughs> he gave a command. He doesn't ask, what did he say in the scripture? He said, if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Cattle on a thousand hills or not. He, he doesn't come here for his benefit. It's a command. It's a command. That says a lot about all the fundraising and the bake sales and the movie nights and food trucks and bouncy houses all in the name of God. We're going to raise a couple pennies for God. Their God is just like them. They're beggars. Their God commands. He provides. He provides life for his people. He said, David said that in Psalm 71. He said, thou hast given commandment to save me. What's salvation? It's a commandment. <laughs> well, it's a covenant. That covenant's a commandment. If the Lord said, if we can get a hold of that, go read them Ten Commandments. You shall. That doesn't say like if you do well, if you do this, you're going to die. No, for his people, this is a command. You did all that. This, this is I'm telling you what's going to happen. This is a life, this is a life of righteousness. You're going to live in my son, because you're in him. God gives command. I'm on that topic. That 
plumber we had come, and I was so thankful. Uh, he asked me uh, if his son gave me a quote on the phone who scheduled the appointment, and I said, no, sir, he didn't, and I saw his face sink. <laughs> and he said, uh, it's going to be a lot. And I said, I figure you come out here in 30 minutes, and it's a Saturday, and I've punched a whole lot of drains. I know how much I charge through the week, and I can guess how much I'd charge you if you had got me out of bed on a Saturday. Um, it's going to be a lot, but we're going to have services tomorrow. And then he's like, is this a school? I said, this is a church. Oh, boy, his face sunk more. <laughs> what would you think? I'm about to ask for a discount, right? We don't beg people for money, and God's church doesn't ask for a discount. Heed me and hear what I have to tell you. This is wise and prudent, okay? There's no church discount. We're going to pay full price. Kevin, I don't think that's a good steward of God's money. Oh, is he going to run out? It's all his money. What? Because we're going to do what the scriptures say. Remember when they was trying to give David that freshman floor? And he said, I ain't offering nothing to God that costs me nothing. Was it Nehemiah? They rebuilt the temple. And uh, they said, we ain't asking the king of nothing. We said, God's going to do this. We're going to step back and watch. Now, he may have to send ravens to do it. But if he ain't going to do it, we ain't going to the government for assistance. It ain't happening. That's what the word of God says. <laughs> we ain't veered from it, are we? He gives, gives commandment. He said, you give me five or however many is present. Give me what's present. And I thought, what? I figured that my opinion, which means nothing. There's probably 12 men with him. There's 12 tribes, ain't there? But I thought a lot about that. I mean, for hours. I was like, how come he said give me five? And he said, or how much is present? That just stumbled me. And I thought, well, there's five loaves and two, two sardines, wasn't there? Five biscuits and two sardines. So I went and read that. There in Mark 6. And he said, he told them, they saw this great multitude coming. And the Lord said, give them to eat. And they said, what are we going to give? They said, we couldn't buy 200 penny worth of bread. We mean give them to eat. And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. He knew how many loaves they had. <laughs> Whatever's there. And you know what they brought him? Five loaves. You think he fulfilled the scripture in 1 Samuel 21? That's what he was doing. I didn't even know. He did that too. He, he said it and then he did it. That happened yesterday. And that happened when I read it the day before. And that happened when I read it 23 years ago. And ain't nothing changed. And guess what he's going to do tomorrow? Show me something else he said he did. <laughs> Give me what's present. It says, how many loaves have you? And he said, go and see. And they, when they knew, they said five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make them all set down by companies upon the green grass. <laughs> he commanded it. And he blessed that bread. And he broke that bread. And he gave it to the disciples who were sitting down in green grass not doing nothing. Just as he took his body and he blessed the Father, glorified him, and he broke his body and he gave it to all that follow him. Put him in green grass. Verse 4. First Samuel 21, verse 4. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread under my hand. I'm not responsible for common bread, you common folks. He said, But there's hallowed bread. There's holy bread here. If the young men have kept themselves at least from women. If the young men are clean, if they've at least kept themselves from women, they can eat the holy bread. I don't have regular or common bread. I don't have holy bread. 
And David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, verily. That's how it's translated in the New Testament, in Greek, verily. Of a truth, women have been kept from us about these three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy. Holy. These young men, you get that, the representative? They're not even in the tabernacle. They're outside. They're unaware of all this communication taking place. And David's speaking on their behalf. And, they, and, and the, the priest says, this is holy bread. And they got to be holy to eat it. And he says, this is true of a truth. They're holy. They're undefiled. Why? You work through them commas. It took three days. And I came out. And they're holy. My brother Paul Mahan says it. Some of y'all was getting this, ain't you? A couple of you get it. It took three days, and I came out, and they're holy, sanctified, without blame before me in love. Now feed them. <laughs> they're right. They're right to eat this holy bread. They are they that testify of me. You know? All these scriptures, this is pointing to Christ. Could you imagine that road to Emmaus? When it says he opened up scriptures and preached himself to them. I, I don't ever want to preach again. Let him talk. <laughs> I'll just shut my mouth. Boy, it'd have been something. What's that defiling of women? And there's nonsense that goes on through the world. Man's wicked mind that comes up with all kinds of things for that too. That's that whore of Babylon. Did you know that? There in Revelation 14, it says, They are they which not defiled by women for their virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb wheresoever he goeth. They were redeemed from among men. They're the first fruits of God unto the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile. Wasn't that Nazarite that said, the Lord said, there's no guile in his mouth? For they are without fault before the throne of God. He ain't talking about people that are uh, uh, take an oath to not... Uh, commit fornication or anything like that. He's talking about that great whore of Babylon. We go on reading in Revelation 17, isn't it? And it's because it says they're, they're virgins who follow the lamb wheresoever he goeth. Not like, well, I like this doctrine of Christ, but you know what? I just, I'm friends with these folks over here too. We're brothers over here and we're sisters over here with these Catholics. And this is all, this, this Arminian and Calvinism thing. And all, this is an in-house discussion. Like we're all part of the family. We're, no, that's not what he's saying. They're separated. They don't have no part with that. They follow the lamb. Why? Because it took three days and he came up. He arose. They're holy. They're holy. And for the Lords, we're kept from that great whore of Babylon, of religion, of man worshiping. Anyway. Verse 5. David answered the priest and said unto him, Of a truth, women have been kept from us about, about these three days since I came out. And the vessels of the young men are holy. And the bread is in a manner common. Yea, though it were sanctified this day in the vessel. Every day they'd make hot bread. They'd make a new set of bread, this show bread. And it's holy bread. It's set apart for the, for the use of the priests. They had to eat that. When the Lord said, there'll be meat in my house, everybody bring a sacrifice to it. And that's what the Levites ate. They had to have something to eat too. They needed bread too. But they would make this. It was set apart for the Lord's use. And it was holy. It was sanctified. And David says, in a manner... Depending on how you're looking at it, this is common bread. Oh, could you imagine standing up, shouting? I thought about walking into. He just walked into that place. We ought. This is the Lord's house, and don't forget it. But at the same time, we don't come in and bow to this carpet and 
hug the glasses and all these things and hum to them and make little homages and burn incense, do we? Walk in. This is the Father's house. And David, or David said, this is, yo, this is true. This is sanctified for this day. This is for the Lord, use of the Lord. But in a manner, it's common. This bread's sanctified, but in a manner. It's the Lord's, but in a way, it's common. And I thought of Jude. Jude said, Behold, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. That ain't dime store salvation. It's common throughout all the people. It's the Lord's salvation's of the Lord. Salvation is the Lord. It's his command. But is that any different for David? Remember that, that they all may be one. We looked at in John 17 also. It ain't no different. It don't change <laughs> from first saint to the last. It's commanded. It's his doing, isn't it? It's the same for all of us. What is this bread? Now, you know better. I wouldn't ask you what the bread is. It's who. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I'm the bread of life. If you're worried about Ezekiel bread or how much wheat they put in it or whatever, he said that manna in the wilderness, they all, everybody ate that and they died. I'm the bread. <laughs> I'm the bread of life. That's what's common to all his people, isn't it? And his people are common. We're, we're just commoners. But we hear that. And it's the same whether you're a king or, or you're the harlot. There's no difference. That's what we said before. What do I have in common with Rahab? And what do I have in common with... I ain't no king. Or Solomon and all that greatness and all these feasts and hundreds of thousands of lambs they slew and all that. Well, we got something in common. We sure do. The bread of life, don't we? That warm bread of the Lord. <laughs> Look here in verse 6. So the priest gave him hallowed bread. <laughs> David walked in. That's what the king does. When the king says, they need to eat, give them bread. I said so. They're holy because of me. Well, here you go. <laughs> so the priest gave him hallowed bread, for there was no bread but the showbread that was taken from before the Lord to put hot bread in the day when it was taken away. Because of that captain of our salvation, which goes on First Samuel 22, we eat the warm bread of the Lord and live. It ain't stale, hard to chew, bust a tooth on. It's hot and ready. Kimberly makes bread, and I know it when I walk through the door. Sometimes if the window's open, I know it when I get out of the car. If the wind's blowing the right way, oh, it smells so good, and it feels warm in your hands, and it tastes so good. Extra gluten in it and all kinds of wonderful things. It's yummy, isn't it? It's the Lord's bread. We, I eat that and I live. I eat that and I live. That ain't hard. He's the door. You can go through something, you can go through him. He's the bread. You going to live? You got to have that. You got to have him. Doeg was witness to all this. One of Saul's men. He was the head shepherd and wanted to move up that ladder, didn't he? Look at verse 7. <clears throat> now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day detained before the Lord. Was he there on his own free will and recognizance of his decision? God had Doeg there. He was detained before the Lord, and his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chiefest of the herdmen that belonged to Saul. Just as that son of perdition was with the eleven, there's wheat among tares, but the doing of it is the Lord. The doing of it's the Lord.
all the sweet things that we have. We have one that goes into the holiest of holies for us, that, that petitions our case, that's our, our mediator, and that because of him we're made holy, we're made priest, we can eat the bread of life. And he, Imagine him walking out here, have some bread. <laughs> Just eat it. There's always those around us that don't eat the, wheat, eat the bread and wheat among the tares. He went and told Saul that. And he said, Ahimelech's helping David. And he said, go kill him. And all those servants wouldn't, but Doeg did. And when David got word and was captain of the 400, he finally wrote Psalm 52. We'll get to that next week. What, what do you do when there's people against you? <laughs> go read Psalm 52. That's what you do. Be good for you. All right. Brother Mike.